Hi, I'm Rafa Chua, and welcome to this extra episode of So Far So Good, the socially distanced podcast. Now, a lot of times in season one of So Far So Good, we didn't release an interview for that week. We've had our share of filler content, random reflections and rambles by me, and all kinds of other stuff too. This compilation puts together three of the notable ones from season one, a filler episode from April 26, a special graduation speech after my online graduation on May 31, and a season finale message from June 28. As always, this features music licensed under a Creative Commons Agreement attribution license, including Hat the Jazz by Twin Musicom and Airport Lounge Disco Ultra Lounge by Kevin McLeod. Enjoy the extra content, and thank you for tuning in to the first season of So Far So Good, the Socially Distanced Podcast. Until next time. When we're confronted with bad news at every turn, it's easy to lose sight of the hope that keeps us going. I'm Rafa Chua, and I've made it my mission to share stories of hope in the midst of our uncertain times, to prove that anyone, anywhere, can do their small part today to solve even the biggest of problems. Welcome to the Socially Distanced Talk Show. Welcome to So Far, So Good. I'm Rafa Chua, and welcome back to So Far So Good, the socially distanced talk show. As you can clearly see by the fact I'm alone in my room, I don't have a guest for this week. When I first started the show, my goal was to come up with a brand new interview of hope, of service, to inspire everyone every Sunday. But as it turns out, the people who are engaged with hope and service are pretty busy people. Don't worry, it's not the end of the show. I have a lot of interviews on the line and lots of contacts currently being pursued but none of them haven't lined up for this week. And I think that a lot of what's happening in quarantine is about setting realistic expectations about what we can do. After all, we're transitioning into a new normal and nobody quite knows the rules yet. So don't worry, I hope to get back to you next Sunday with a brand new interview. But in the meantime, I guess I'd like to take the time to talk about some things which I think are important and maybe you'll find important too. A bit of background about myself, I am a college senior right now and I was supposed to graduate uh, in just over a month right up until the ECQ was announced. And that's a very unusual feeling because nearing the end of college you usually feel like you know, you're on your way to something new, you're going to a new phase of your life, but you feel there's a bit of ceremony involved, there's a transition. I think the biggest thing that's happened to people in my batch as a result of this coronavirus outbreak is that you suddenly feel like you've been thrown headfirst into being an adult, you know? Because you're facing a very real-world problem with very real stakes, with very real dangers around you. And that can be overwhelming. Aside from that, there's the obvious, there's the obvious want, there's the obvious desire to go back to normal, or at least find a semblance of the normal, even in the times that we're in. That's why people in my batch, including myself, are still going to job interviews online because that seems like the next logical thing. That's why people are still trying to study, still trying to learn, still trying to hang out with friends remotely. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we love to cling on to what we know to, to what we know, to make us feel more comfortable despite all the uncertainty. But another thing which I found myself doing a lot of is that I've been doing a lot of work, this channel included. And I think that brings up a very important and relevant question to talk about now. Exactly how productive are you supposed to be in 
the middle of a quarantine. In this case, it might even be worth taking a look at the word productivity itself. Root word, of course, product. And while today it's used in the workplace, it's used for, uh, let's say, evaluating your personal performance. If we look at the very root of it, productive was first used to describe not people, but land. It was used in farming, it was used to describe the yield of crops or product. And I think that's really interesting because that means that the idea of being productive is inherently tied with the idea of producing output and hopefully a lot of it, of getting the bang for your buck, of making the most optimal use of your resources. And while that's all well and good, going back to the farming metaphor, before you even harvest the crops, before you even get a product, before you get a yield, you need to plant, you need to nurture, you need to take care of something. And I think that's one outlook I have or that I want to adopt during this ECQ. While it is good to be productive, the current circumstances make it very difficult and may not make it the most healthy thing because we are in the middle of a crisis and you might have your own familial things to deal with, you might have your own safety concerns to deal with, you might have to take care of your own mental health. So I guess, if I may put out the idea, maybe the challenge right now isn't to be productive or to look for yield or to look for output immediately, but to get the roots to nurture ourselves, to take care of ourselves, to lay the foundations right now by keeping ourselves healthy, by keeping our mind active, so that when this is lifted, or at least when things can go back to the new normal, we can be productive again. I think that's a key part that's often overlooked even by myself, that we're always looking to go into productivity or to start coming up with something immediately or to put it out or to make an episode and release it even though you don't have any backup episodes and the third episode you don't have anything to, you get the point. <laughs> that we forget that we need to take care of the person or the thing that's making all of this. That we need to take care of ourselves. Now to sort of find an answer for this, I'd like to go back to one of my favorite philosophers, an Austrian neurologist and Holocaust survivor named Viktor Frankl. Yes, as a college student, I am obligated to talk about philosophy. Sorry about that. But in his book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning, he made a very interesting point. He said that the human being main purpose or their main reason to go on rather their main reason to keep living is that they can derive meaning from the experiences which they go through even happy ones even ones which are suffering and I think what is really interesting about that is that it never implied that the meaning was inherent or already present in the activity there was no activity that was meaningful on its own rather it was man or humans themselves who create meaning. Now, that's getting very philosophical, but I think what I'm getting at is that what we should be looking to do, or at least what I should be looking to do during this quarantine, isn't really doing work for the sake of feeling busy, or isn't really doing work for the sake of feeling normal, or for the sake of feeling productive, but for the sake of finding meaning in this unusual, painful, scary situation that we've been put into. Um, a lot of philosophy, going back to that again, goes back to the idea of thrownness, man's thrownness in the world, where even from the moment where you're born, you constantly feel that you've been thrown into a situation that you've never asked for and you've never seen before. And in a way, uh, this situation of the new world under COVID-19 is very much like that. We were thrown into it. Uh, over here, you can see this orange jacket. I hung this up here. On the last day of school I went to right before this party was called on and I fully expected to wear it within the next week. No, it's just been here on this rack for 
for a month now. And I've just been here in this room for over a month now. So it's pretty crazy how fast the normal can change, right? So, yeah, I guess if anything, that would be my conclusion for now. Although I'd definitely like to hear what you think about it in the comments or maybe just message me. Um, maybe we shouldn't be working towards being productive or being busy or feeling normal because that's difficult to do right now. Maybe, at least if you're in a situation like I am, you don't have a job yet and you're looking to establish what you're supposed to do, what your role is, even though you're just at home. It might be worth looking into doing work that at least creates meaning for you. And that could be anything. If your source of meaning is entertaining your family by practicing your talents or spending time with them, go ahead. If your meaning is spreading a certain advocacy or helping out people or helping out a certain sector, then go ahead, uh, run a fundraiser, run a drive, uh, create materials that will spread the word about it. Or if your advocacy is simply something like keeping you and others around you happy and in a calm state of mind, even considering the scenario, and you just want to play, you just want to play board games online or something like that, that's equally valid too. I think what's important is that we find meaning and purpose in what we do. We're too far in this quarantine to just be wasting time or trying to pass it. Instead, we should try to make the most of what we have. Um, that's all for this Sunday's episode. Uh, apologies again, we couldn't bring you a guest, but I have some contacts. Hopefully they come through for next week and we're able to put something out. Until then, this is so far so good. The socially distanced, temporarily solo talk show, I'm Rafa Chua, and thanks for tuning in. Have a great week ahead. So I was originally planning to release a recap episode of the past six interviews this week, but yesterday I was on Facebook and suddenly noticed that all my batchmates were posting toka photos. <laughs> and it hit me that out of the blue, if things had gone normal, yesterday would have been the day I graduated from college. And honestly, that's such an odd feeling because when I first started out this talk show uh, more than two months ago. I imagined, I always imagined it would have been something temporary. That one day I'd stop this, I'd leave my room, maybe today, and I'd be marching with the rest of my batchmates to celebrate the end of four great years. Well, obviously that's not the case. We're still here, still going strong on episode seven, and it is a bit of a strange feeling. Three days ago, I had the weirdest existential crisis uh, when I was out at around 1 a.m. getting snacks from the fridge and I think those are two things which always go perfectly with each other you know midnight snack and existential crisis it's like peanut butter and jelly right <laughs> but yeah I was sitting there and suddenly it hit me that what if what if five ten years from now when I'm with my batchmates when we meet up in some kind of reunion we look back at this moment and say isn't it so strange how we never had that chance to transition from college to what people refer to as the real world? And I know that's often something that's very misleading. I think college is part of the real world. I think everything, uh, the moment you're born, you're part of the real world. 
But there is that, there is that notion that there was something that was lost between the moment where we were supposed to march and graduate and this moment where we suddenly been thrown into the middle of an international pandemic, the scale of which we've never seen before, at least in my lifetime. And it can be scary. Um, I think part of this project, uh, part of the reason I started these interviews, this project, is to assert some measure of control, to feel like I had a kind of routine, uh, to feel that I was contributing something, that I was making something, I was creating something, even in the middle of the quarantine. And I think that's a feeling that a lot of other people, especially people my age who are graduating this year, share. That we try to create things, we try to put something out in the world, to feel that there is some significance, you still have some influence even though you're at home. But that feeling that hit me in my kitchen was a sudden feeling of smallness. I had just gotten off the phone, I was talking to a friend about how death rates all across the world were going up, about how the pandemic was very, very far away from actually being squished despite all of our wishful thinking. And suddenly I felt so tiny. Uh, listeners, you know that I record this from my room, I edit the videos myself, I contact the interviews myself. This is a one-man operation and at the moment, it really did feel like nothing more than that. And there was even a moment where I thought to myself, should I keep doing this? Uh, we're going on episode seven. Again, it's been almost two months now. And I started to wonder if this weekly video series, as much as people enjoy it, and I'm really grateful for all the support, was worth doing despite the minimal impact it seemed to have on the scale the scale of things happening all around the world. But I guess thinking through that and confronting my own feelings of fear led me to a bit of a realization that I hope to share with you guys today. And that's why the recap episode isn't coming. Hopefully I can come out with it next week or something like that. But I really do feel that this is something I want to get off my chest and share to everyone because it was a bit of an important realization for me. So. A lot of people are saying that our batch had the rug pulled out from under us and honestly, I don't contest. People are saying that they pity our batch, they pity people, young people now because it feels like their future has been pulled out from under them. That where there used to be a plan, where there used to be a clear sequence or at least there used to be a way forward, suddenly there's nothing but emptiness and darkness and everyone knows if it's one thing humans hate. It's emptiness, darkness, uncertainty, that feeling of Oh my gosh, for once, I don't know what's happening next. And honestly, it's something that I've tried to put off for myself, you know. Um, at the start of this quarantine, I always told myself that things would go back to normal. I remember telling a friend uh, when this lockdown was first announced, I'll see you in two or three weeks and then we can graduate. And honestly, now that we finally had to confront the scale of things, that even after this is lifted, maybe even after a vaccine is developed, things won't go back to normal, and maybe that's okay. It is a pretty humbling experience, because then you realize that despite all the best laid plans, despite the direction that you've been given, despite the way people told you things would work after graduation, you're in a situation where you feel that you have no future aside from what you can make for yourself. And that's crazy. Um, one of my favorite prayers, I think it's a great one even for people who don't consider themselves very religious, is the prayer of serenity. And it goes like this. Uh, Lord, grant me the serenity to deal, to accept the things that 
I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I think a more appropriate line, especially in these times, would be grant me the serenity to know, to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, the wisdom to know the difference, and the patience to wait until the things that I can't change become the things I can. Um, really, my frustration for the longest part of this quarantine is that I felt that there was no means um, for me to do anything, to have any influence on the current situation. And until now, um, those feelings still hit me. That, that I'm just one guy producing a show, uh, putting it out there, and I know people enjoy it, and I know um, some people are feeling inspired, which is wonderful, but there still is that gnawing sensation that, is this really worth it in a time where there's so much violence happening, um, there's so much pain, there's so much suffering, which you can't even touch because I haven't left this house in two months. But then I also realized that if not this, then what, right? Um, if you remember in my last episode where I talked to the camera, so I was discussing this notion of this notion of making meaning, uh, finding significance even in the middle of suffering. So what if I'm just one guy? So what if it's not the most viewed channel? So what if a TikTok that got made in 10 minutes um, gets more impact? The fact is that we are reaching people, no matter how small the effect. And I think that's also something humbling that a lot of us, I think, want to change the world. We want to wave our hands and just get rid of this whole coronavirus situation. I wish I could. I wish I was in that state. But the reality is that Success and change is the result of persistent, quiet work. Even when the work isn't being noticed, or even when the impact isn't obvious. So I guess that's the appeal that I'd like to put down in today's unconventional episode. That if you're out there, if you're working on something that's important to you, that you feel is making an impact, no matter how big, if it's making an impact for good, please keep doing it. If you're making art, to uh, protect your own mental health, to help express your feelings, to raise funds for charities. If you're talking with people, if you just send a message to your friends, check up on them every once in a while. If you're running a podcast or a show like I am, and you're just trying to make sense of how people are feeling just quarantine and share that human experience, by all means, please keep doing it. And if you're doing something bigger than that, if you're one of the public officials, one of the frontliners out there, Please, please, please keep doing it, even though it feels that we're only chipping away. I think the one lesson, the biggest lesson that I'm going to take away from this quarantine, and by no means does that justify it, no amount of silver linings will ever make up for the immense human tragedy that we're in the middle of right now. But if there's one thing we can take away from it, especially from my patch, it's this. There is no future for us. There is no way forward for us, except for that which we can create. So with that, um, I'd like to wish me and my batchmates a happy graduation. Definitely wasn't the way we planned to go out. Definitely wasn't the way we planned to learn things. But I'd like to think that we've learned and we've grown nonetheless. Here's to creating. Here's to making sure that there is a way ahead because we've made it. Cheers to you, Batch 2020.
evening and welcome back to So Far So Good, the socially distanced talk show. You might notice that we have a bit of a different background today, and that's because today is a very special episode. So I wanted to treat you guys to a different background and also a different view of me that's not just my upper torso. Yes, you got that right. I do in fact have legs. But um, all jokes aside, this is a bit of a special episode because it is episode 10. Yes, episode 10. I didn't think I'd get this far of this series that has been running for over two months. And aside from that, it is also the last episode of season one of So Far So Good. Coming to this decision was a bit of a tough one. This is something I'm very passionate about and I love waking up every week with the thought of working on a new episode to put out for everybody. But I also thought that it's about time to take my own advice, you know, I'm horrible at doing that. But take my own advice and give myself a break to make more content for this, to improve my skills and also to start scouting out connections. I think the grind of trying to do one episode a week without any prior planning has been a bit of a catch-up game and I'd like to make season two even better by filming episodes in advance. So um, in that actually, I won't be stopping looking for interviews if you have any connections as always please do get in touch. But anyway, the reason I'm here is that before signing off for season one, I'd like to share with you just three main insights, three simple insights I've gotten over the course of interviewing all these wonderful people who are making a change in such a dark time. And this should be really quick, right? The first one, it's so simple. It's a bit of a no-brainer, but I think it's something that we constantly have to remind ourselves of. Great things start in the simplest of ways. I mean, when you think of origin story, like a superhero origin story, it's always something life-changing, something traumatic, something dramatic. But a lot of the real-world efforts that are making a change now start with the mundane. Um, if you recall, over the past few episodes, we've had wonderful initiatives started by seeing someone else's name in a Google Sheet over a technical difficulty in Zoom, over a joke over some stacks of friends that happened one year ago and only came to reality now and so much more. A lot of the major initiatives happening now, a lot of the impactful initiatives are, that are happening now find their inspiration in the smallest places. And because of that, it's really important to keep your eye open and sort of trust your gut on these kind of things. A lot, I think there are a million ideas, a million wonderful ideas that have just been discarded by the thought of saying, I'm not the right person to put this into place, someone else is probably doing this, or this won't have any impact on anybody. It'll be a waste of time. And I know that for a fact because I've felt that way too. I've had a lot of projects that I've had in mind that never pushed through because of those thoughts exactly. And I guess what I have to tell you in relation to that is that, and I've said this before, whatever you're doing right now matters. And I'm not saying settle for less. Uh, those who know what school I'm from know that our motto is in fact, push yourself beyond the limit, you know? But I think it's also important remember that you have to start somewhere. If we always obsess about getting it right, right out of the gate, then we'll never start on anything. And I guess even on a service point of view, it's always important to start with a small initiative that solves an immediate problem before branching it out into something longer term and something more sustainable. Uh, just take the example of a lot of the guests I've had in the show. They usually start out helping one person, a small community, for a commitment of just a week. And after a while doing that, they get that bug in their mind that says, wait, we could be reaching more people. Or wait, I have to keep doing this because it's helping out other people. And you won't get to that point where you realize that you need to scale up if you don't start small somewhere. And it's completely okay if you feel that someone else is doing it right now. So what? 
they're also just one person. The world needs whatever you can put into it, whatever positivity you can put out into it in these dark times. So please do not invalidate yourself before you even get started. I've been there too. The final tip that I'd like to give is something really simple again. And I've said this like a million times probably in the show, but it's so, so important. Remember that not only are you someone who wants to help out during this crisis, you're not only are you someone who, let's say, has some privilege to help out during this crisis, because service is a form, is a privilege. The fact that you're able to serve, you have the opportunities and resources, is a privilege that's great to use. But remember also that you're also part of this crisis. You are also someone who is experiencing it. You are not removed from it. You are also in the middle of something that's going to be in the history books one day. You're also living in fear of being infected, of having all of the things you were used to taken away from you, having to adapt to a new world. And while that's exciting, it's also very scary. So please be genuine with yourself, with those feelings. There's nothing wrong with being afraid. In fact, fear can be a motivator and fear is something that will never truly leave us. I think even before all of this happened, we always lived in some sort of fear. Uh, I think the important insight here is that mastering your fear isn't getting rid of it, it's putting it to good use. And if that good use is informing yourself that you need to take a mental health break, that you need to rest up, that you need to take care, more care of yourself, because this whole thing is stressing you out, then do it. But if that fear is telling you that you should start an initiative to help others who are also living in fear, just get through it a little bit easier, then do it. I'm here to tell you that both are equally valid because again, as much as we want to extend ourselves, we want to stand for others, we can't do that if we can't stand at our own two feet. So please take care of yourself. I'm talking health, like health as in not getting the virus and wearing a mask even though I'm the only one up here, but also mental health, also emotions, also reaching out to people. Um, I've always pr been proud of being a strong person being someone that others could rely on. But to be honest, and you may not have seen this on screen, but there were many times during this quarantine, during this lockdown, where I've had breakdowns. I've had moments of great self-doubt, of great insignificance in the scale of everything. And then I took way longer than needed to find the strength to confide that in others. So hopefully you guys don't have to wait as long as I did. And you really go for it, because I think one thing that this whole thing is reminded me of is really how generous and supportive others can be. Well, okay, I'm at the risk of taking too much of your time. It is late in the evening by the time this comes out. Those are the three tips I have for you. I guess what I really want to say is that I'm overwhelmingly grateful for all the support I've received for the past two months for the first season of So Far So Good. Special shout out to everyone who watched, all of my guests who took a chance in me who they never met before. I'd like to thank my family also for supporting me through this, for telling me that what I'm doing does matter and really just putting up with me, you know, when I give interviews, people can hear me all throughout the house because I speak so loudly, but thank you for putting up with that. I'd like to give a special thanks to some certain friends, you already know who you are, who helped me connect these interviews, who helped me get in touch with these people. And I'd really just like to give thanks in general for having the chance to do this. Not everyone has a stable internet connection, not everyone has this equipment. It's definitely coming from a place of privilege that I can even put out this episode. But I think uh, one thing to do is that when you realize you have a bit more than other people, find a way to spread it around and find a way to help, right? <laughs> There's no use just kicking yourself over it. So with that, this is the end of season one. It was so far so good. Brought you to the roof today because I wanted you guys to see the beginning 
what is a beautiful sunset. My favorite thing about sunsets is that they remind me. Because the sun is out all through the day, right? But people say the sunsets are the best. That sometimes you can appreciate the light the most when it's surrounded by darkness. So please keep being that light. Please keep being that source of motivation, source of good in a world that is often telling us that the best thing to do is to be alone and to be selfish and to look out for your own self-interest first. But also, please remember to take care of yourselves. My name is Rafa Chua and this is So Far So Good. And thank you so much for watching. I hope to see you again soon.